0: Welcome to Counselling with Dr Trevor, a podcast for positive mind management, and this episode on two great tips for promoting good internal conversations. So it's a uh, well-known fact that we spend a lot of time talking to ourselves, more time talking to ourselves than we do to anyone else, in fact. And so the idea of being kind to ourselves when we talk uh, is a good one. So the point being made here is that we're probably better at talking to a friend or advising a child than we are talking to ourselves. So if you had a friend who was struggling, you might try and pick them up a little bit. You might point out what they're good at or things that are going well for them and so on. And it stems from our need to be polite and hopefully the way we were taught as a child to build cultivate and repair our relationships with other people. So we're taught, hopefully, to be supportive and compassionate for other people. And I see a great many teachers and people doing this all the time when they work. Self-talk, however, is not so much on the curriculum for teaching. And probably, historically, this is because talking to yourself was seen as a sign of madness the trouble with that notion is not talking to yourself at all of fear of seeming mad is that we all talk to ourselves and all day long and so we'll always have done this and will continue to do so so we might call this thinking but certainly you can see it as self-talk when you think about the last time that you berated yourself when did you what did you do that for you idiot? and that kind of Uh, thought that comes into our head is is obviously uh, negative self-talk. So these are common thoughts and naturally uh, will be dependent upon all sorts of things about our self-esteem and our background and our history and so on. So sometimes you might need to mind for parts or dig for parts that should be affirmed in you. For example, any kindness that you show to other people or your willingness to keep going when times are hard. It's far easier to pick faults than it is to spot what's going well because we as a species are predisposed to spot what's wrong. A funny looking gas coming from the ground? Don't go over and smell it. A hissing from in that dark cave? Stay away, it's going to be dangerous. What's wrong or broken, of course, might kill us. So, on the savannah or in the jungle, negativity was certainly helpful. The world of the hunter-gatherer is full of dangers and alertness for what is wrong was needed. The social world that we surround ourselves in now, however, is different. Sure, we need to watch out for a car driving too close to the pavement and danger that still exists but in our world we interpret all sorts of other dangers using that same uh, hunter-gatherer brain that we developed a very long time ago and it includes nowadays things like how we look and how we feel how we seem to other people not being enough not being smart enough or beautiful enough or successful enough and they all equal potential threats that trigger and elicit that uh, thing that is wrong And so depression, anxiety and poor mental health are connected connected to these issues. So the negativity bias makes sense because on the savannah it will have kept us alive. Good quality self-talk however sees that there is a difference between the rules of the jungle and living in the concrete jungle. The logical calm calculating you and the wilder emotional more erotic you must be differentiated. And let's face it, we all have both aspects to our personalities. Sometimes I like to highlight the negativity bias by showing students some math skills on a board. So I might write down four plus four equals eight, three plus five equals eight, three plus six equals eight, and five plus five equals 10. And if you were listening, you probably would have noticed one thing immediately. Your first piece of feedback I'm guessing would be, one of them is wrong. So we don't tend to see something like my maths sums like that and say, you got 75% right, or you got most of them right, or that's an A. But we tend to spot what's wrong. So the negativity bias is already in place. We've already got an inbuilt and powerful capacity for spotting what's wrong. no need to work on it anymore or develop it. We can say, thank you evolution, you've nailed it. Now we need to develop the habit of a positivity bias. The negativity spotting will still happen. We're just aiming to get some balance here. So good quality self-talk can help with this problem as it recognises negativity arising in us automatically and offers a counterpoint. We need to enhance our capacity to look for what's right and what's going well and to build this into daily practice so we get good at it. We need this when times get hard more than ever to help us keep going and moving forwards while we wait for the world to right itself. Think about a time that you lost it or went mad or were just very emotionally upset. Maybe you even did or said things that you later regretted. At some point you probably gained calmness and composure and can even see your behaviours or reactions as not that helpful. It didn't stop you at the time, but you could see it later in the cold light of day. And that part of you, the calm, rational part, is always there, sometimes muted by the rage of other powerful emotions we're experiencing and what's going on. But the calm, rational voice doesn't tell us we're idiots. It's much more likely to say you are upset, your emotions got the better of you, and now you understandably feel regret. Because those are the facts and it deals with the, effect, the facts of the matter rather than emotional berating such as you're an idiot, you always do this, why do you keep doing it? That would be the uh, you know, not very good self-talk and elicited again in, a, in an ancient bit of the brain that's designed to look out for danger and certainly panics uh, if it sees anything that it considers to be dangerous or, or affecting our safety. So psychologists and psychiatrists and counsellors, researchers alike, will refer to these different systems in different ways and, it, and they're all quite helpful. Uh, but they might, instead of trying to describe complex neurophysiology, like specific areas of the brain lighting up on a, on a, a PET scan when we're calm versus different areas lighting up when we're very emotional, uh, it's easier to, to uh, find parts of the mind and identify them verbally. So Eric Byrne picking up on the work of Freud, identified that adult, parent and child, for instance, are distinct parts of our thinking, our thinking selves. And in his analogy, the adult would be the calm, rational part, and the child, prone to emotion as we all naturally are, as actual children, represents us as our most emotional and sometimes erratic. The parent is another story, but uh, of course, can be critical of others when when we speak to them. But I often refer to Uh, psychiatrist Steve Peters chimp and human uh, when I'm talking to my clients because it's a very good way of seeing the distinct difference between our instinctively and emotionally led behaviors which are not always but often irrational and our more thoughtful and calm behaviors the chimp in us all deals with threat it comes from a distant past of a world full of predators and danger there can of course be predators and danger in our world now, but the trouble is the chimp does not differentiate between actual danger and perceived threat which arises from simply thinking. I use the reference to help people get in touch with the different voices operating inside them so that they can start to operate operate effective um, mind management and part of this is naturally their own self-talk. So we can't help having an inner chimp or an inner child uh, but they're important and needed and lifelong, you don't get to get rid of them but it's a little bit like having a dog. You can't help the fact that it's a dog, but you do bear responsibility for stopping it, biting somebody. So two great strategies for promoting in good internal conversations there. Number one, cultivate great self-talk. Listen to your self-talk and notice what it is. perhaps even make a note of it. What do you say to yourself? Is it kind or harsh or berating? And note, this may, of course, be affected by the way you were spoken to as a child. Try speaking to yourself in the way that you would speak to a child or a friend you wanted to help. For example, it was a mistake. We all make mistakes and you've tried your best. Best to now correct it and move on. Rather than berating yourself and name-calling, apologize if that's what's appropriate and move on. Tip number two, find the good bits of luck which surround you. You may have done this kind of gratitude exercise before, but if you notice five bits of good luck every day for the next week, it can have a powerful effect. I ran an experiment on this gratitude type exercise with uh, some of my undergraduate students, and I measured their feelings of psychological well-being at a specific time of day in a specific room and place, and then I re-measured it again uh, exactly a week later in the same time and place. So what they had to do for the intervening week was find five bits of good luck, and the results showed a very significant increase in their scores for psychological well-being. The the luck people found things that can seem somewhat trivial, but this is really important. It doesn't have to be huge good luck, a parking spot right outside the business they were visiting, good quality coffee at the takeaway stand, 50 cents or 50 pence on the sidewalk, or a kind word or a door held open for them by a stranger. They're all examples of things that were relatively small, but that isn't the point People have to look for what is right in our world. It's like the opposite of the news. We don't watch the news and have somebody say, 500,000 people got up in the area you live in this morning. Most of them are okay. That's not how we report news. We, we look for what's wrong and the danger, of course. So the inherent neg- negativity bias, reflected in things like the news, will definitely remind others of what is wrong. What we're trying to do is artificially promote the sensor for things that are right so thank the world for alerting me to the danger and then look for good fortune as well five bits of good luck a day recording in the notebook each evening for the next week give it a go and i hope you find it as beneficial as i do thank you for joining me on counseling with dr trevor and i hope you'll join me for the next episode